Hey friends, welcome. We are so glad uh, that you've clicked on a button to listen to us talk about Ash Wednesday. <laughs> hey, we want to let you know um, we are starting this journey toward Easter. Um, and it's going to start with this conversation about Ash Wednesday going into Lent. Um, and then there's going to be kind of a little bit of a quiet space. And then we go into Holy Week. And you can expect a podcast daily from us through Holy Week. So just some logistical information but KJ's here Stetson's here I'm glad you guys are here this is gonna be fun me too I think it's gonna be great because I I think like to experience um anything in its fullness there's a preparation process that takes place like um so, so like for instance before Christmas there's the Advent season um that, that is preparing the heart for uh, the experience of Christmas and Christmas experience uh, it prepares the heart for epiphany and yep. there's like this this ongoing journey and and I I find that it's very common that people um people who don't experience Christmas it's like oh I had an okay Christmas or mm. I it's, it's like a ho-hum thing and then, then it happens and then you just pack everything up and go on, but it didn't transform you. Um, it, it's often because there hasn't been the, the heart preparation process or the expectancy right. for it. And in the Christian calendar, it like builds for every big feast or festival or holiday. It is an extended period of time of preparation for it um, so that your heart is begging for it. And so th that tends to also happen in Easter, I've found, um, that... Um, people in the church have forgotten how to celebrate Easter. Um, and so mm. it's just, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It just doesn't feel full. Yeah. And so I'm hoping our podcast experience and the journey through um, this whole season um, that actually begins 46 days before Easter Sunday um, can help us prepare to experience Easter in the centerpiece of our faith to right. the fullness. I love that. Yeah. How do we make Easter more than sundresses and brunch and hats, kids and little chocolate bunnies? I love all of that. <laughs> it's <And> ham. <laughs> the family gatherings we don't want to attend. <laughs> right. right. And like, what is Easter? And am I truly desiring Seriously. it? Like, do I crave Easter? Um, am I banging on the door of Easter? Mm -hmm. Am I. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're start okay, so we're starting here, right? We're starting with Ash Wednesday. <clears throat> and in full honesty, I don't really understand Ash Wednesday and what it holds. Yep. Um so to kind of begin here, it's it's forty six days before Easter. Um, but it's forty days before Palm Sunday. Okay. Okay. So there's a forty day time period and Ash Wednesday is like the door that you go through to experience the 40 days of Lent. Okay. And so the two of those kind of hold hands. So, so Ash Wednesday is a beginning point of a transformational time period, a transformational process. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where like, I don't know if you haven't, 
been a part of the Catholic faith tradition, you you're aware of it. You see people walking around with like the crosses right. on their forehead. You got a little something something there, right? Right. Yeah. And after time, you just like accept it as like, oh, it must be Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. and you never take the time to like stop and think about why. What is, what is this? It? Where yeah. does this come from? Yeah. And so, uh, you and I were talking like last night, like. I knew we would be having this conversation, and so I just got on my phone and started looking into it and loved the stuff that I found. Like, there's <laughs> layers and layers to it that are so cool. What is what is the symbolism of the ashes on the forehead for that? All right, so, so before saying the ashes on the forehead, how about the okay. symbolism of ashes? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah. And we're going to no, like, like start there. Okay. Um, the symbolism of ashes or Dust uh, comes from the book of Genesis, okay. and uh, it's after the fall happens, and God says that you are going to toil in the fields, and you will return to dust. Right. Okay. And so it's this idea of you are going to die. Mm-hmm. And, Sounds great. And that is a, a hard thing in the contemporary church because right. people don't talk about that a lot. Um, they often talk about the opposite. Uh, I'm going to be forever. Right. I'm, I'm immortal. Right. Um, but everyone before us, <laughs> billions of people, have all died. Yep. And the odds are you will <laughs> too. And so um, th- 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 that is a guarantee you are going to die. And that begins in Genesis. Um, and that, that that idea of God saying, you are going to turn to dust. Yep. And so throughout the Old Testament, there are different times uh, in the book of Job, in Jonah, um, that whenever people are told who they are, and they ask God for forgiveness. Ugh. Mm. Um, they cover themselves in mm. dust mm-hmm. to say, I am only a human being. Yep. I tried to pretend to be <clears throat> God, but I am not. I'm putting myself back in the garden yep. and saying, I am going to turn to dust. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, like... Even in like the tradition within the Catholic faith tradition, it's very very common for when uh, they put the cross on your forehead. The it, it said, um, "Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return." Wow, which was surprising. That's to the me. thing that's said, right? Exactly. Like, that's the blessing. Blessing. Yeah. It's a blessing. It's yeah. do not forget right. you are going to right. die. You're mortal. Yeah. Like, start from a place of like you are nothing. Right. And build up from there. And it's also very common, though, that the ashes are combined in oil. And so from a priest's perspective, the anointing oil on your forehead combined into the ash. So it's this combo of holiness and death. Yep. Mm. And the ashes come from the burnt palm branches of the previous Palm Sunday from... A year wow, ago. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So they collect all the palm branches from last year, keep them, burn them, and that's where the ashes are wow. from. Yeah, and, and and so so it's it's super easy like to think, oh, this is like dark and gloomy and painful and blah. Um, 
But, uh, so like for instance, the official color of Ash Wednesday is actually purple. Um, So it isn't like like black or void or gray. Mm. It's purple. It's this symbol of royalty Mm. because the thing that you're doing by participating in this whole whole this holiday is going through the door into the Clinton season um and and there's a a lot of things um that are in this Mm. um so is it time to talk about that yeah well yeah yes no yeah keep going keep going yeah and and so, so i think like this is the point um because in our experience of being human beings, our our desire has to be to be transformed. It's I want to grow. Mm-hmm. I want to change from the inside out. I yep. want to be a different person. Um, and and there's this forty day time period that going through this idea of of being blessed. Do not forget that you are going to. Die. It brings everything into priority. And then the Lenten season is typically a a, uh, a season of sacrifice. It's a season of... Yeah, it's of, the you give something you up, You give something right? up. But like how it began was you give everything up because it's inspired by uh, the 40 days that Jesus spent out in the desert. Yep. And so so Jesus got b- baptized and that that uh, uh being baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan and the heavens open up and God says you are my son who I'm well pleased and he had this identity put upon him mm-hmm. and that, that then he goes through the Jordan back out into the desert. But it's the same Jordan, same place that his forefathers crossed to go to the promised land. He's doing the opposite. He's going in the opposite direction for 40 days to be tempted by Satan, right? And so he's he's going into a place called the desert. And the desert is called the desert because things don't survive in it. That there isn't any food, there isn't any water, there aren't any people, there isn't anything. You die in the desert. Everything dies in the desert. And he goes there in total dependence of God for 40 days. And in Hebrew theology, 40 days is symbolic of a transforming time and eternity. Yep. It's like endless amount of time. Yeah. Like 40 is a complete whole picture Mm -hmm. and a, a, um, a symbol of the goal is transforming. Um, so if you go in the old Testament and you find all the times that 40 comes up, it's a something big happened that transformed who these who this people person is, the yep. people are, who the earth is, yep. uh, the flood, mm-hmm. you know, days, four days, four days. nights, yep. the, the the story of Moses, how he actually after he 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 was brought out of Egypt himself, he spent forty days in the desert being taught by the. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he was transformed 
Egypt was out of him. And then he went back to Egypt and brought brought the Hebrew people out for 40 years. Yep. They were Jeez. transformed. Yep. And, um, and it's this transforming time. Um, I have a speech impediment. <laughs> Elijah prayed and fasted for 40 days. There's, there's tons okay. of these types of things. So, okay. so Jesus is going into his 40 days to be tempted by Satan, and he's being tempted in this idea of bodily provision, right? Are you hungry? Turn the stones into bread. Mm. And then he's being tempted in his authority and who he is. Like, what power do you have? Uh, so if you bow down to me, I'll give you power over all these kingdoms. Mm. And then he's being tempted in who he believes God to be, right? Like, um, so, so if God is truly who he says he is and you are who he says you are, you got to think post-baptism. Tism, right? The right. skies open up. There's, you know, and so prove it. And, and like, there's this transforming thing that happens inside of Jesus during this 40 d- days um, that he's confident in his body and the things that his body has to have. And then he's confident in his identity is who he is and the authority he has. And then He's confident in who God the Father is and who he is in God the Father. And then he comes back out of the desert, crosses the Jordan, and then everything begins to happen. Mm. And so for, for the people in the church, the 40 days is just that. Have you forgotten the things that are important? And it's the cross. You are going to die. Yep. And the f- f- 40 days is typically a season of f- fasting, right? Okay. Your body doesn't have to have bread, but the word of God alone. Um, mm. And then it's a time to put the things that you hunger after in perspective. And it's a time to focus on who God is and who you are. So whenever you cross into Palm Sunday, poetic speaking and you see Jesus on a donkey the heartbeat says I know exactly who that is yeah the origins of the tradition of Lent started in kind of a more extreme way than like the entire church participating but it was kind of reserved for people who have like grievously sinned or were really penitent and for their 40 days, they were voluntarily removed from the community of the church as a whole. Like they intentionally spent 40 days removing themselves from anything, which is kind of, I think, opposite in a way of how we think about things of like, man, if we're in a bad spot, we need addition. Like we need to add things. We need to like press into things. We need to go to church more. That's good. Right. But back then, their process was at the beginning, like on Ash Wednesday, they were covered in ashes, not just the cross, but like you were talking yeah. about, like covered Cover. in ashes. And they said, we'll see you on Easter. Wow. 
and Ugh. they were gone. And I love that. I do too. I yeah. seriously do too. And uh. then 40 days later, after they've removed themselves and they're like processing and thinking and being transformed for the seemingly endless amount of time on Easter Sunday, they come back and they're welcomed back into the community mm. and celebrated of like, we're so glad that you have returned. We have missed you. And there's just this value of removal instead of addition of like your heart is broken and you have things to work on instead of us gathering around you and immersing you in all these things. Mm -hmm. There's something valuable about just take a step away. Mm. And just like, as you said, it's like, remember what you are. You're mortal. You're going to die. Like by removing yourself from the most important things, you recognize them for what they are. And then you come back to fully appreciate them on resurrection day. That's really good. Mm -hmm. All right. So taking all of that, why is this important for somebody who grew up experiencing Easter, someone who grew up in the church and is just going, yeah, I've been there, done that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Why is this conversation important? Well, kind of where we started, like if you're expecting to just show up on Easter having not processed this at all, it's not, it's going to be anticlimactic. Like it's, it's bound to be. Mm -hmm. Um, It requires processing and meditation and reflection and, I don't know, I was looking into, like, so, like, last night, I was like, okay, I've known about these things for a really long time, but I've never actually looked into them. And one of the things that I looked into is, like, where does the word Lent come from? And I'd always assumed it was just kind of, like, this word with kind of, like, this solemn meaning, like, lament. Like, it kind of has that sound to it. But it actually comes from an old English English word that means springtime. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And and like the lengthening of days, like this is the beginning of spring. So when I hear that question, after like thinking about this, I think it's like, well, why is spring important? Like it's winter right now. If tomorrow is just summer, what would that do? What would that be missing out on? And so I kind of went on this rabbit trail, like, okay, springtime. That's really good. Why is that important? And like, my brain went to, it's like, wait a minute, like in this theme of like asking questions, I've always assumed the answers to, but never really know. It's like, how do trees know when to wake up? Like mm. when, when did they know how to start growing? And like during winter time, like they go through this process where like they, they expel all of the water within them and, and they crystallize so that like when things freeze, they don't like crack and, yeah. and break, mm. which again is this thing it's of like crying. removal. Yeah. Like, and... And so, like, they've studied this because it's like, well, because, I mean, we've had some, like, warm days. It's like, why haven't the trees woken up? Right. Like, on these warm days. And it's because trees need to be in freezing temperatures for a minimum amount of time before they can wake up again. Which, again, it's like the season of Lent of, like, we're removing something for this amount of time. And unless we do this, we can't wake up again. Like really you good. have to have winter for like, there's a specific type of tree. It's like it needs 2000 hours of freezing temperatures 
And if it doesn't get those 2,000 hours, when temperatures come up again, it's not going to blossom because it hasn't had its winter season that mm. it needed. And so I, I yeah, think... And that's really solid. Yeah. So I think yeah. about like your question is like, why is this necessary? It's like, I don't know if we can wake up on Easter if we don't take the season of winter, mm. of removal, and viewing Lent from its origin word of springtime, it's like there is something really important in the process of springtime that allows things to blossom. And if we don't allow it that time, the blossom doesn't happen. It's really good. I was um, in, I, I very often, every time um, that following the the winter season, the first day that the birds begin to chirp, mm-hmm. I always send a group of fr- friends a text like, <laughs> like yep. the birds, birds are, are starting chirping, to chirp today. Yep. Here's the thing. Because of how things have been, the birds haven't ever quit chirping right. this season. Seriously. And yeah. so I've just been hearing them every day, and it's yeah. kind of like it's just not special. Mm. Yep. And I almost exactly. feel bad for the birds because they shouldn't be chirping. Mm. Um, it's, like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, guys, it's all right. This is not the season for yeah. joy. Mm-hmm. This is not the mm-hmm. season. Um, and, and like... It gives such good perspective yeah. because of the feeling that a lot of people have just in this in this time. And I know you've talked about this with me before, but yeah, having this time, I love saying, I don't want to say death, but I mean, technically, that's what we're talking about. This time of removal, this time of seeing who you are. I've, I've learned so much in just this session alone of like what this 40 days actually is. Because, yeah, for me, it was like, well, I gave up French fries for 40, you know, yep. like that kind of a thing. But it's so much more than that. Yeah. And our our church is, is going through this process and it's brought this vocabulary yes. of intimacy yeah. with Jesus. Stillness, meditation. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it is... Um, you know, I I think like a um, at the end of the Christmas season is the day of Epiphany, and the Christmas season should bring you to a place of brand new great Epiphany about who you are and who God is. Um, something you have not heard before, experienced before. It's an Epiphany, and that Epiphany brings us to this upcoming season of I am a human being, and He is. God. And and how does that transform us? Um, if there is a flood over the earth of our heart. <laughs> You're so poetic. It's like that type of thing. Like, like, what is the olive branch on Palm Sunday? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. be, 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 because that's, um, if, if there is a desert to go into and be tempted by Satan, what are those things to be overcome Mm -hmm. if he is who he says he is and I am who he says I am? Mm -hmm. It's a a place of testing. It's a place of being transformed. It's a place of, if I get to the other side of this, (laughs) you know, like, wow. Which brings up an interesting question of... What's like, your favorite color? What's your favorite <laughs> color? Well, honestly, like kind of along those lines of like, this is a very basic kind of like yeah. silly question. I feel like 
we view the traditional question of Lent in a very basic, silly way. Mm -hmm. What are you giving up for Right. And we don't understand the purpose of it beyond we're just supposed to. Mm -hmm. But in what you just said, it's like to maybe test ourselves or not ourselves, but like almost to like test reality in a sort of way Mm -hmm. or like what is the thing that you need to see is true and what could you give up to remove the barriers from you seeing it. That's great. Like, how do we choose, like if we were to participate in Lent in the traditional way of giving something up or fasting from something, how can we do that strategically? So it's not just like, well, it's Lent. (laughs) (laughs) The season of Lent. I was remembering in college. Here's how seriously I took this. I I led this freshman Bible study when I was on staff for a college ministry. And this guy is still, we're getting coffee like a week from now. And he reminded me of one Lent season. I told him for Lent, I'm only eating Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving everything else up except for Taco You wouldn't Bell. need to go to the desert. For- <laughs> yeah, that's a good example of an unstrategic thing. It's like I was making a joke joke out of it. But we are uncovering this deeper layer of like, this could have some purpose yeah. for us. It's yep. like, what can we give up that brings transformation in this seemingly endless period of time that is meant to be whole and complete? How do we think about what we could give up through that lens instead of this is what we do right. on Lent? I don't know if that's I a an good answer. question. I would add to the question for other people like if you are a disciple of christ what is it to follow jesus into the desert for his 40 days um and 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 be attuned to the things that you see him doing um being an observer of the desert and god in it um (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. There's That's there's something, really cool. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I almost think the... Man, it's it's hard in the contemporary church because, because people have been taught to give up something. Right. But the call of Christ is to give up everything. <laughs> and, like, I... It yeah, is. Yeah, it it yeah, is. Yeah. It's... I'm... It's, it's how do you choose to give up everything? Mm-hmm. And that's... That's it, though, right? Like, or something it's, that has become your everything. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It, it could be. I'm kind of extreme here. Are you? <laughs> but solidarity in Christ yeah. in in the Easter season is take up your cross and follow me, even to death on a cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's our. It, it isn't to point at him and say he did it. To be a disciple of Christ is to join him in it. Let's follow. Yeah. Yeah. So how do I follow him into the desert? How how do I pass out palm branches? How do I, I mean, all the things. How do I experience the journey of the cross in the story that I have? Yeah. yeah. And that's Easter. Yeah. Another thing I found last night is in the Greek Eastern Orthodox tradition, they call this season the bright sadness. Oh. That's a good one. It's a really good one. 
Which again, what you just said, like reminded me of that too, of like what you're talking about is beautiful and it's extremely difficult. And there could be some sadness or some grief to that, mm -hmm. but it's heading towards something really bright Good. at the same time too. Yep. It's this paradox that's leading towards something incredible. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think truly, I think the church is hungry for things to define them. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I heard someone say a super long time ago that, that uh, the contemporary church has turned the blood of Christ into Kool-Aid and to make it palpable for everyone, selling it for the cheapest dollar. And I think, I I think that the church is hungry for something that defines them, something that they go into. And as far as the experience of the forty days of Lent, they've been given a sandbox to play in, but Jesus invites them into the d d desert, desert to be tempted by wow. Satan and himself. Yeah. It's that whole definition of holy being set apart. Right. Like it's not like virtue or purity. It's just, no, I'm setting you aside. I'm distinguishing you from everything else. Yep. And so to rephrase kind of the question again of like, what do we do during Lent? It's like, instead of thinking about what do we give up? It could be like, how do we set ourselves apart? And it's possibly from a cultural context sure so setting ourselves apart is simply to own the fact that that i'm human it's to own and confess our sins and that oh yeah well that's i mean it. the yeah <laughs> like that <laughs> is it and, yeah. and that's why the open door is someone Blessing you as if to say the greatest blessing you could ever have is that you don't ever forget that you are going to die. Right. Which our culture and society tries very, very hard to say the opposite. To go, and, yes. and just to forget and ignore. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I've had like doctor's appointments walking into it where it's like, I didn't know what the outcome would be uh -huh. walking out. And it has been such a gift. Like, one experience that I had, like every time I drive past the hospital, I'm reminded of all mm. of the good. And it's, mm -hmm. again, it's that exact reason of like, you are going to die. And that reality, when in the times that we're faced with that reality, mm -hmm. not by choice, but just by circumstances, right. it causes us to see and reveal some of the best things that we've taken for granted. So what does it look like to intentionally go into that intentionally feel that yeah and i think that's probably a very personal thing mm -hmm. mm, yeah right I, yeah. I mean like like no, truly absolutely. i think that's a really personal thing yeah. and that's if i could encourage anyone it, it'd be follow jesus into the, the desert, desert. Yeah. he has something for you there yeah. follow jesus into the desert because our, our our journey like truly is to see the reality of death because Easter is death doesn't have the final say and it doesn't have any power if you don't care about death, right? If you don't believe you're going to die, if death does not have hold of you, if you're not a human being, Easter is not for you. Right. Yep. Oh, wow. That's cool. Well, thank you guys. This was good. I learned, I don't know. You probably didn't learn a lot, but I learned a lot. Really you learned fun. a lot last yeah. night. I did. <laughs> yes. 
No, and we want you to follow uh, these discussions. And um, yeah, we're going to be back for Holy Week uh, talking about each day. And we would love for you to join us as we kind of experience Easter. Is, is So is there an opportunity for people to uh, like post something? Yeah, this contact? will be on YouTube. So I am like so curious how people experience yeah. the, uh, things that that they are seeing during the upcoming 40 days. Yeah, so if you're watching yeah. on YouTube, definitely comment below. Let us know your experience um, or maybe even some past experiences yeah. too would be cool. Um, and then if you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, you can always go over to our YouTube and comment down below on that. So but yeah, we're excited to journey with you guys in this.